Hi, I'm Jim Wallace. On September 26th, the Republican leadership in the Senate again failed to get the votes to pass what would have been a devastating health care bill, a horrible bill, a cruel bill for millions of families across this country. And to that, I just say, thanks be to God. The Affordable Care Act, sometimes called Obamacare, literally added millions, tens of millions of people to health insurance, health coverage, health care. And this bill would have removed literally tens of millions of people. People who are most vulnerable in their health were the first that would have suffered from this terrible bill. I am so grateful for the unity across the entire faith tradition. All of our families said no to this bill, not based on partisan politics, but based upon what our faith traditions say. Many of us have already been united in what we call the circle of protection, and it includes the Catholic bishops and the National Association of Evangelicals and the Salvation Army and all the denominations and sojourners and bread for the world help to coordinate that. It's a very broad cross-section of all of our families. Our circle of protection means we form a circle around the poorest and most vulnerable, and any legislation is evaluated accountable to that principle of how it impacts, how it treats the poor and vulnerable. This latest bill, the Graham-Cassidy bill, came as kind of a surprise because we thought we'd already won this battle back in July, just a few weeks ago. There was a great mobilization all over the country. And yet, here again, this bill was literally snuck into the Senate when most people thought this battle had been won, but they wanted to do it again. And I remember back in July, I remember that vote on the very day, at the last minute, in response to a request from a senator, about 20 of us showed up <laughs> at the space outside the chamber door. And we're from many different traditions, denominations, Catholic, evangelical, Protestant, black churches, Latino churches, but only 20 of us. And we're praying outside the door, and senators are walking by to vote. And they said, what are you doing here? <laughs> I said, well, we're praying for this vote. And we're praying for you. Would you like to join our circle and have us pray for you right now? And 12 senators, both Democrats and Republicans, came into our circle. And we have this tradition of gathering around someone to pray for them. And we call it laying on of hands. We laid our hands on their shoulders, their hands. And people put their hands on your hands. And you surround them uh, spiritually and physically to support them in this critical decision about what would happen to the sickest and poorest and most vulnerable in this country. It was a real personal moment. And I can tell when people are, particularly politicians, just messing around or doing what, you know, they think they should do. To, but you could see on their faces their concern. Some of them were trembling. So here's how we prayed for them. Here's what we said. Uh, we're, we're outside the Senate gallery door, bowed heads, eyes closed, our hands on uh, the shoulders of the senator or each other. And we said, Lord, we are praying for the sick today, those who are most vulnerable, those who you care so much about, those whom you've asked us to protect, those you said how we treat them is how we treat you, literally how we treat Christ himself, how we treat you, Lord. So we pray for them. 
we pray for them in their in their fear right now in their in their vulnerability in 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 what they're afraid is going to happen to their kids their disabled relatives their older uh, moms and dads they're afraid of what's going to happen to them uh, how their families will be devastated by such a bill and we pray for them we pray for the members of this important political place that they would think beyond partisan politics and they would look to you those who claim to be people of faith would look to you and ask what does god want us to do if jesus were here what would he want us to do who would he want us to protect and the prayer was for the poor and for our nation i would say it was a prayer for the soul of the nation and there they were the ones about to make this decision and we prayed for them uh, there was no reference to democrats republicans this wasn't a partisan moment this was a prayerful moment with senators from both parties both sides of the aisle many of whom we had met with about this bill and now they wanted us to pray with them and and uh, one of the senators uh sherrod brown uh from ohio said uh after we prayed he said could i just share a scripture i said sure he said I've been just reading in Matthew 25, where Jesus said, how you treat the sick is how you treat me. I was sick and you didn't take care of me. And this is about the gospel. This is right. Do I have that right? This isn't about politics. This is how we treat Christ himself. Isn't that what the text is saying? We said, yes, that's what the text is saying. And he was very animated about this. I just realized this. That this is not just about Democrats, Republicans, and politics. This is about how we treat the sick is how we treat Christ himself. We didn't know how this vote would turn out. We really didn't. This bill uh, that was voted on uh, in July uh, could have passed. The Democrats had all said they were opposed to it. So given the numbers, we needed three Republican senators uh, to say no to this bill. Senator Susan Collins from Maine and Senator Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, I think were the real heroes that day. They stood up and they said no because of all the slashing of Medicaid and the people in their states who would have been so vulnerable. They said no. And then John McCain, who had just returned very dramatically from, from home because of his, uh, his the diagnosis of brain cancer, he joined them. And the three of those senators prevented this bill from, from in fact, devastating the lives of millions of people. So they acted with real courage and real heroism, I think, on that day. But before that vote, we had no idea what would happen. And so we prayed for them all. Then I remember I was going on vacation the next day, and I went saying, oh, I'm so relieved that this bill was defeated. And, and we had this great moment and great success that so many people helped out, students and parishioners and pastors and doctors and all kind of folks. And then in a few weeks, they bring it back. They bring it back. And I talked to so many people. They said, I thought we defeated this. They're doing it again? Really? And so they were trying to sneak this in and sneak it past. And us, several several Republican leaders said, uh, this is probably a bad bill, but we promised to repeal Obamacare. So no matter what the bill is or how good or bad it is, uh, we're going to vote for it. So no hearings, no orderly process, as John McCain had called for no taking time, no effort to find a bipartisan solution to fix the things needed to be fixed in the the Affordable Care Act, the ACA. 
None of that. Just let's rush this, ram it through. Uh, most senators hadn't read it, didn't understand. It was days before that they finalized the bill. So this was a rush job to sneak something past before we could realize what was there. And even what from Americans heard, 20% of the American people supported this. That's all. It only had 20% support. And so all of a sudden, here we are, back again. The circle of protection is this broad uh, community of, of all the families of our faith. So we pulled together quickly, but we didn't have much time. Many of us were traveling, just getting back from the summer. And so we quickly pulled together as best we could and issued a press release, very strong press release, on that Monday, the day before. And here you have the National Association of Evangelicals, the NAE, and the National Council of Churches together, and the Roman Catholic bishops, and the Salvation Army, and most of our denominations saying, you know, we may differ on many things. We don't have the same theology in many issues, but we are coming together to protect the people Christ has called us to protect. I was sick, says Jesus, and you didn't take care of me. So we pulled this happened very quickly. And for a leader to get their statement approved uh, for a public press release often takes a long time, institutions and processes and all that. But it was amazing, some call it a miracle, that quickly uh, our voices were approved by our denominations and systems to speak against, to raise concerns, speak out against what we were afraid this healthcare new one, brand new one, would do. And so uh, we came together and we spoke, and that got out on Monday uh, to uh, the senators. They had calls from their states, bishops uh, in all these states, and pastors and clergy called their senator and said, this is for us a gospel matter. It's not partisan. Health is not partisan. This is a gospel issue for us. So we had clergy and lay people and bishops in states calling their senators, and the press release came out Monday. It was very strong, very powerful, and very unified. More and more, we are coming together around what people call boring budget issues. We say a budget is a moral document. It reveals uh, our values, our priorities, uh, who's important, who's not for a family, uh, for a church, for a nation. And that that statement even, a budget is a moral document, came from the faith community. Now you hear it in the conversations, even on Capitol Hill. So at a number of points in the last several years, we have stood up for the poor and vulnerable across political lines. So this time, though, this health care bill was a terrible threat. Uh, some of our folks said this is the worst thing that could happen to poor people in 50 years. This was an urgent moment. So we had just done this in July did it again in September, and you're going to see that unity again around DACA, around the Dreamers, who are so threatened right now. You're going to see across all of the Christian families. And I want to say on this one, it was rabbis as well and imams as well. This was multi-faith, not just Christian. So when faith rises up and says these are moral issues, not just political ones, this isn't a matter of left and right it's a matter of what's right uh, and what's wrong. Uh, so we said these are moral questions informed by our faith, and we're united here. So I think the senators saw we were united across our boundaries, and we represented constituencies in their states 
who were on both sides of the aisle on many other issues. But on this issue, we came together because this is what Jesus called us to do. There's always a question people ask. Uh, does faith make a difference in something like a health care bill? Well, this time, it really did. It really did. And uh, our unity coming across all of our boundaries, we came together and said, this bill is an offense to our religion. This bill will devastate the lives of the people God calls us to protect. This bill for Christians is, Jesus said, how you treat the sick, whether you take care of the sick is whether you take care of me. This is me. This is gospel for us. And when we acted that way, it made a difference. And people saw it. I got calls the next day from senators. Elizabeth Warren, for example, was one of those who was watching uh, what the faith community was doing. And she called, uh, called, called me Tuesday afternoon and thanked me for the role of faith communities in helping to defeat this bill. I can't remember a more polarized political time than we're in right now. The prophets in the Old Testament and Jesus make clear the test of public policy, of political leaders, politicians, kings, rulers, princes, the test for all of them is how what they do impacts the poorest and most vulnerable. It's not how big their gross national product is. It's not how strong their military might is. It's not how much their popular culture is envied by the world. The test of their leadership, the test of their integrity, is how the policies they implement, how they impact on those who are most vulnerable. That's the test. The circular protection is that kind of network and movement. We are saying, join us, join us in the Senate, in the House. Join us in a circle of protection around those who are most vulnerable. And that's the way back to a politics that is more human, that is more compassionate, and that really does, in fact, serve the common good. I'm Jim Wallace. Thanks for listening. God bless you.